0: Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Well, welcome everybody. Hey, welcome to week two of a timeless love. It truly is an honor uh, to be here. Uh, before anything, happy Valentine's Day to everyone here. If you uh, are married, are dating, have someone you like right beside you, why not turn around right now and say Happy Valentine's Day to that person? Take advantage of the moment. Happy Valentine's Day. Maybe go in for a kiss. I don't know. I, Make sure you know the person, right? Uh, anyway, uh, it truly is an honor to be here. Valentine's, to me, it has become a really important day uh, just because uh, of what it has meant to us personally uh, as a couple. Uh, Carolina is with me today. Uh, my wife, my love, mi amor eterno. And I like it when she's here because she makes me preach better because she always gives me the look if I ever go too crazy. But Valentine's last year was so different for us. We actually were at a time in our life where financially it was a, a, a little rough. I don't know if you've ever been in a time where finances weren't Where you would want them to be. And so we didn't have money to celebrate Valentine's. We actually found a job delivering roses and chocolates and everything to people that had the money to celebrate Valentine's. And and it was just a rough moment. We cried during all that time because we we were at a place where we we wanted to raise funds for missionaries and everything we were doing back then. And and I was like, God, what, what is this? And then to see that a year later uh, we get to uh, work at a place we love with people that we love that we get to minister today it it truly is a testimony of how good God is isn't God good Uh, come on if you're gonna clap give him all you got because God truly is good so to us uh, this this is a really special Valentine's Day because we get to celebrate not only our love, but we get to celebrate His love towards us. And through it all thick and thin, God has always been good and it to me it's just an honor to be here and to be able to communicate that that God is good. Amen. Uh, Let's, before we um, get into it, let's just pray real quick. Father God, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for this opportunity that you have given us to come and listen to your word. Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit be the one that's actually talking throughout this message, that you would bring a word that is relevant to each and every one of our lives, Father, that this word we may, may take out into our lives and be able to apply it, Father. I thank you for your holy Spirit I thank you for your word today I thank you for our word of life family in the name of Jesus I pray amen amen well anyway t- today we are going to talk about marriage and I do not consider myself a pro at marriage we are on our fifth year of marriage so that's pretty cool uh, but with that there, there's a lot of stuff that I, I, I have seen throughout Uh, years of being in the ministry, seeing my parents' marriage, seeing just marriages of other people that I've learned a a few things that God has put in my heart today to communicate. But, um, But having said that, I think the one thing that I can highlight from a marriage, and hopefully this resonates with everyone today, is that a marriage is the union of two completely different people. Uh, uh, at least that's our case. So Carolina and I are two completely different people. To give you a visual, uh, uh, the anagram numbers that we represent, I represent, I'm an anagram seven or eight or like both at the same time. Carolina's an anagram one, six, three. And those are basically the numbers I don't have in my life. And basically she is not a seven or an eight. And so Differences create friction, right? I mean, from the beginning, I started noticing that we were completely different. Studies have shown that that women uh, have bigger brains than men do. There's just bigger connections, and they can connect. And I noticed that Carolina can hold a conversation with 10 different people at the same time, know exactly what everyone is saying, and still look at me. And I have no idea how she does that. Like I, I, I barely can pay attention to what she's saying. See, when I grew up, and back in the day in Colombia, they they really didn't diagnose uh, or didn't know what to diagnose the attention deficit disorders, and so I, I was just that kid that was just rowdy and everything. And our upbringing was so different. I I, I had 72 detentions in seventh grade, and, and all for the glory of God, right? Like it's my testimony now, but back then it was just it was just crazy, like. I, I was that kid. I remember my parents were fighting once. They were fighting. My dad was like, you know something? I'm just going to leave. My mom was so mad. I was like, oh, you're going to leave? We'll take John David. Uh, like that was the level of, of, of what was happening. Carolina, she was a princess, like always a princess. She was kind of rowdy, but, but like in the princess sort of way. Just everything so perfect and everything. Like she knows how to eat chicken with the fork and the knife. And with the bone inside, like, that's, that's another level. Like, our, our first time eating at her house, they served chicken. And, like, the only thing that could be worse on the first day is pasta. But I was there, and I had no idea. Like, so how, so when can we actually grab it with our hands was, like, my question. Because that's how we eat in our house. So, so that was completely different. I, I remember the first fight we had when we just got married was that Carolina told me, hey, John, can you please wash the dishes? I was like, I can do that. Like, I can wash the dishes. Like, you married a man that knows how to wash dishes. So I did that. I washed the dishes. It was amazing. It was, like, supernatural. All of it was clean. And then I go back, and she goes into the kitchen and checks. And she starts to get aggravated. I have no idea why she was getting aggravated. I was like, wait, why... Why are you, like, mad? I, I did what you told me. But she was like, yeah, but you didn't, you didn't clean the counter. You, you didn't dry this. You didn't mop this. I was like, well, because you never told me to do that. You told me to wash the dishes. And so what did I do? I washed the dishes. I started to learn something real quick. And is that I had to learn to not only hear what she said, but also understand what she wanted to say. Anyone, does that resonate with anyone? Like we can be in the car and Carolina could look at a restaurant and be like, oh my gosh, the chicken there is wonderful. And I, could, I would be like, yeah, it is wonderful. And keep driving. Two minutes later, there's a transformation in the car. Now she's mad. And I'm like, wait, why are you mad? Well, because you didn't take me to eat the chicken. I was like, well, you said it was great, but you never told me to go. You're laughing because it's happened to you. I, I remember, th- this brings me back to my upbringing, where, where my mom told my dad, I remember this day, my mom told my dad, he's like, hey, can you take care of the kids uh, today? My dad's like, sure, I'll take care of the kids. And, and so, in my, to my dad, and, and to men, sometimes in general, if you're not specific enough, to my dad, taking care of the kids is, is watching TV and every 10 minutes going, and that's it. And, and every 10 minutes, you know, are they alive? Uh, they're good. Uh, that's it. Three o'clock comes by. My mom comes back and, and my dad's like watching TV. And so my mom's like, so uh, did you feed the kids? Did, did they eat lunch? And my dad's like, you, you said to keep an eye on them. Like, you, you look, look, they're right there. They're alive. It's so like, That's it. And my mom was like, wait, but you didn't take care of them? They haven't showered yet? Did you not know that taking care of them was all of these things? And my dad, same response I gave Carolina, was like, well, if you would have told me, then I would have done it. We are so different. And the problem with differences is that they can create friction. Hey, I remember in our wedding, uh, you uh, you can tell by our pictures that we were thinking two completely different things in our wedding day. Like I was thinking one thing in my wedding day, honeymoon, right? Like that was it. Like I was like, I do and then we'll do. Like it's just like it's about to happen and like that's it. And and Carolina was not thinking of that at all. Carolina was like, as we were like walking in, she was like, "Oh my gosh, the flowers are so beautiful." This, it's raining. It's not raining. And I was just waiting for like honeymoon, honeymoon, right? Like, like we were eating. Like to me, the perfect wedding would be I do, and then at the at the entrance, be cutting out the cake as they leave. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. That would be it. Carolina had this whole thing planned. Five course meal. Everything specific. Like while we were dancing, I was just thinking honeymoon, honeymoon. Carolina was looking around was like, oh, there's my cousin. She thought I couldn't dance. Well, whip. <laughs> like, like that was Carolina. It was so different. But see, the, the problem with the differences, is if we don't recognize these differences is that they can cause friction. And in our, in our marriage... Uh, For the first few months, like after, you know, the whole emotion of the honeymoon came and left, uh, we were left with two people living together uh, with differences. And we didn't know what to do with ourselves to the point where I found myself sleeping on the couch. And not because she made me, because I was the man of the house. I I decided to sleep on the couch. Uh, or so the story goes but we were just mad and, and I remember this specific I'm going somewhere trust me uh, but I remember uh, the day specific not the day but I remember the moment specifically when things started to change in our marriage uh, I found a song I, I was on Instagram and this pastor had posted this song song that's really dear to our heart even to this day and, and the song is my worship by Phil Thompson I don't know if you've heard it or not Uh, But it was just a song that, it just resonated with me. So I I put it on that morning after waking up from the couch. Uh, I I put it on uh, as I was showering. I put it on so that the Holy Spirit could fall on her, right, like, (laughs) and and correct her. Uh, But something started happening, not just that day, but in that season. Uh, I didn't know at the time, but Carolina started to pray again. I don't know if she was trying to rebuke me or not, but she started to pray. And I started to pray and then we started to get closer to God and like, Pastor uh, said it last week, and he said it so eloquently, but relationships that are born of the Spirit will have to be sustained by the Spirit. I don't know if they they have it or not. Yeah, a relationship that was born of the Spirit needs to be sustained by the Spirit. And something that we had forgotten was that a marriage is not only two different people. It's actually a, a thing of three. That's why the Bible says in Ecclesiastes that a three-braided cord is hard to break. Because, But that's what we need. We we needed that third person to come alive in our marriage. Because if it was left to both of us, we're so different that we, we would have torn ourselves apart. Like, one thing that happened in our marriage is that by the time we got married, we stopped getting to places on time. It, and it aggravated me because... Carolina can do so many things in one time. So we're like, we're leaving at 10 perfectly. It takes me five, 10 minutes to get ready, and I'm always at the door saying what every man has said at least once in his life let's go! Let's go! And Carolina could be like, okay, yeah, I'm ready. I, I just have to do laundry. I just have to turn off this. I just have to do it. It's like, but well, we have five minutes. Let's go. And, and you find yourself just getting aggravated. You're like, come out. Let's go. In the name of Jesus. Like, come out. Because she'll just stay there and she'll change. And the worst is if we have one minute left to leave. And then she'll come out and she asks you the question, uh, does this look good? So you don't want to lie. But if it doesn't look good it means it's going to be another 10 minutes of changing. So you kind of have to decide what's going to happen. Anyway, this all of this comes down to we knew we were different and so we knew we needed God because our relationships and in general and please please do not confuse our method that we found with the actual message that is being portrayed you don't have to go find this song to make your marriage better but you do have to go find God to make your marriage stronger and this is what we need in our marriages is more of him second Peter chapter one verse three second Peter chapter one verse three All the way to verse 5. It says, by His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Everyone say, everything we need. Come on, say Everything we need. The Bible says, by His power, God has already given us everything absolutely everything we need to live the life that he has designed for each and every one of us. So it's found in him. Whatever you need, whether it's patience, understanding, whatever that is, is found in him. But then verse 5 says, uh, verse 5, 2 Peter 1, uh, verse 5, it talks about, it says, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's Promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge. I want to highlight that first part. It says, In view of all of this, now that you know that in God you will have absolutely everything you need to live out his purpose, not only for your life, but for your marriage, in view of all of this, it says, then you make every effort to respond to God's promises. See, a a marriage. It doesn't only require knowledge of God, but it requires effort on each and every one of our parts. It requires effort to try to push towards God again, to try to find him. As Carolina and I, what we started to do in Bogota, uh, traffic jams are just part of normal life. You, you're, you're in a traffic jam every day for an hour and a half. That, that's just part of life. So 45 minutes going one way, 45 minutes going the other way. We found that that to us was perfect time to pray. And so that's what we started doing. We started putting Phil Thompson, my worship on for 45 minutes, and we started to pray. And what was awesome about this wasn't how God started changing her, because that's obviously what needed to happen. I started noticing how God was changing me consistently as I started to abide in him Fruit started to come out. The same fruit that's specified in Galatians 5 where it says, you know, it's love. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. All of these things started happening as I started abiding in him. Not only that, but the eyes, like what it says in Ephesians 1, the eyes of my understanding were enlightened. And we found something that was beautiful. We found the five love languages. I don't know if you've heard about the five love languages, but I, we found out that we were speaking in different languages, and that's why we weren't understanding each other. So apparently, my love languages is words of affirmation, physical touch, and gifts. Basically, if you make out with me, you tell me I'm a good kisser, and you give me Legos, I'm in love. Like, that's it. Like, that, that, that's me. So, so I was loving that, but... Guess what my love language wasn't? Acts of service and quality time. Like like in my report, that was no part of my language. I was not fluent in it. Guess what Carolina's number one love language was? Acts of service. So so no matter how much I told her I loved her, no matter how many times I hugged her, no, no matter how many times I just told her she was beautiful, I was at my sexiest with a mop in my hand. That's the truth, right? I see people like, amen, amen for the mop. Like, I'm at my sexiest when I'm washing dishes and I'm going, I'm looking at her. It's like, that's right, baby. Like, this is all for you. Hey, <clears throat> like, that's, that's her love language. And I had to learn that. But I didn't learn this by reading a book. I, I was guided to this truth that I needed in my life as I got closer to him. The way God uh, gave it to me for this morning trying to reduce the, this whole message into a couple of words that can resonate with us as we go out. Because obviously, we're all in different stages of our life. And this isn't only for a marriage relationship. This is for relationships in general. Specifically, the relationship that we have with him first and foremost. And then from that relationship to every other relationship. But the, the way God told put it in my heart to write it down is the first thing we need in our relationships with God and in our marriages is revival. The word revival is simply put is an instance of something becoming active or important again. So now you can take this as a spiritual route, and if, if I may, we'll go there for a second. But spiritually speaking, uh, with our relationship with God, We have to learn how to revive those things again. It it was King David who implored God and asked him to restore the joy of his salvation again. He knew he had left things undone. He knew he had stopped doing those things that at the beginning would work. So he asked God, God, restore. How many know we serve a God that can restore? Anything, And if it's dead, he can bring it back to life. Like that's that's who he is. So one thing we need in our marriage is, I believe, for it to be a timeless marriage. For it to be a, a marriage that can withstand the test of time, withstand the test of differences, withstand just all those storms. Actually, I heard it the other day that, that marriage is like fortnight. And I don't know if you know Fortnite, but the the whole premise of Fortnite is you're dropped into this world and then there's a storm that's just all around you and it just starts squeezing you together until you kill each other, right? And I heard it and it's like it it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be last man standing. What it should be is God in the middle of all of this and whether there's storms around us or not, we're still in this together and we're going to win because if God is for us, then who can be against us? So so we started doing this. We started learning this. But revival says to bring back to life, that what was important. My question this morning would be, what things, first of all, in our relationship with God, what things should we revive again? What things were there that are not there anymore because of time, because uh, life just passed you by and there's we, we forgot to pray again we forgot to commit ourselves again we forgot to serve again we what, what what things were once there that have died that we need to revive again and if I may now it's not only spiritual but what natural things can we revive again I'm all for reviving the massage oils amen like, I'm, a, I'm all for bringing back the candles, the massage oils, and reviving. You know, having revival again as a couple. And I don't mean this to make you uncomfortable. I, I'm just saying there's a simple principle. Things that used to work back then might work again if you just try it. You know, bring back the roses. Bring back the letters. Bring back the words of affirmation. It, revive those things. And we will see the purpose of God fulfilled in our marriage. Because if there's one thing that I want to resonate, In our hearts is that our marriages have a purpose our relationships have a purpose God didn't put you together just to laugh right God didn't put you together be like look look at what's gonna happen like he's not like that and we act like he is sometimes but God is a God of love God is a God of mercy God is a God of peace and when he brings you two together if he's in the middle of it there's a purpose for it and I believe one of the purposes of our marriage It's to be the representation of what the church is like and to be the representation of what it's like to have God in your life. I remember there came a point in our Instagram account where we had just the best pictures. And so someone came up and was like, I have a question. How do you guys do it? How do you guys have the perfect marriage? And I was like, why would you think that? Like, not, have you not seen my couch? Like, the indentations? Like, it, it, <clears throat> and, and she was like, well, I mean, we see it on Instagram all the time. You guys are always happy. So I told him, eh, listen, we're never going to be posting something bad on Instagram. Like, it's not, this is me having won the battle with my wife. Now she's like, that just won't happen. But it came, a quote came to my heart as we were talking to her. I was like, the thief of joy is comparison. And if we start comparing ourselves with what Instagram produces or what social media produces, we will never be happy. But true joy is found in him. Not in comparison, not in trying to achieve what people think we should achieve. True joy is found in him. If you want a marriage, if you want relationships to have true joy, find him because in his presence there is fullness of joy. If we can just manage to revive again those things that used to be important if we manage to revive again those and reprioritize those things that should be first in our life i believe the purpose of god for each and every one of our marriages will be fulfilled again so number 1 revival knowing that god restores and knowing this too first peter 37 is a bible verse that hopefully makes you think as it makes me think but in first peter 3 verse 7 it says the following it says in the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives and actually this whole chapter the beginning of the chapter talks about how we should treat each other but it says treat your wife with understanding as you live together she may be weaker than you are but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life treat her as you should so and this is the last part that makes me think all the time so your prayers will not be hindered Listen to this, God is so invested in how you treat each other that it can actually affect how effective you are in life. It can even affect your prayer life. So how you treat each other, because the purpose of how we treat each other is to show how good God is and how, what God can do in the life of people and to be that testimony of living a godly life and everything that comes with it. Because we're that testimony to so many people, God is adamant about this, about how we treat each other. So if you need more peace, if you need more patience, if you need more love in your life, do John 15. It says, abide in him. Jesus said it. Jesus said it 11 times in that chapter. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. If you abide in me, if you stand with me, if you abide, then you will give much fruit you will yield much fruit and I believe and I pray for every marriage this morning that as we abide that we will start to see that supernatural fruit that even in quarantine times that even in times where we're more together than ever there is more love there is more joy there is more peace because there is more God in our life amen amen number two we we can't just revive. Uh, we have to learn uh, how to reform, and what that means is we can't just keep it at just one great weekend where we wrote the letters, we bought the roses, we did the massage, we did all that. We grabbed our mops and we spoke our love languages. But now we have to make decisions, actually sit down and make some reforms in our life. What things will we constantly do? It's not just a one and done thing. It's what things do we now have to reform? So it's not only revive, but now that emotions are revived, actions are revived, now now that our life with God is revived, we have that emotion again. What can we do now to reform What can we do now to write that actually the word reform means to make changes in order to improve it? What changes can we do? I'd recommend literally sitting down with your spouse and asking yourselves this question. And the reason why a lot of us don't ask these questions is because it turns it could turn into a fight. I know this because there's been moments where we've been talking about our dreams, how many kids we want. And we start fighting because we're talking about their 16th birthday. They don't even exist. And we're talking about their 16th birthday. and I'm like, no, but I don't want to give him that. I want to give him this. And she's like, oh, you're not going to give him that because, oh, that's because of how you grew up. And it's like, why are you putting my mom into this? And, and like, how did we get to this point? So I understand when we're like, oh, we might just not want to talk about this. But if we revive first, then we can reform. If we look to him first, Then we can start reforming. And one of the loveliest conversations I've had with Carolina is starting to dream again. It's like, where do we want to see ourselves? And what can we do? And should we start praying more in the morning again? Or should we read? One of the things we're trying to do, and I say try because we're not perfect and we're weak sometimes. But one of the things we're trying to do is not watch TV at night and read books and talk and maybe you're there, and bravo to you. That's what we're trying to do right now, and that's one of the reforms that we want to do. Start talking again, and listen, Caroline is a great talker, and I know she needs the time to talk, and I'm a pretty good talker as well, and sometimes we just turn on Netflix and just forget to communicate with each other, and just because you live with each other doesn't mean you're communicating with each other. It's just something that at least both of us, we want to reform. So revival, reform. To reform, we have to renew our minds. Romans 12, 2 says that we have to renew our minds. We can't just conform to the norm. We can't conform to what the world says is adequate. I don't care if if the world says, well, at least you both go to church. At least you both serve. At least you both. That is great, but don't conform to that. Keep pushing for more. Keep asking God for more. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. We constantly have to be pushing for this, to not conform to what the world says is adequate, but to start pushing for more. And if we do pray together, that's great. But God, what can we do extra? If we do start serving, if we do start talking, that's great. But God, keep changing the way we think. We don't want to to get to a point of complacency because that's what took the fire out of our lives. It's being complacent with, well, at least we have a date night, right? At least we, and if you don't have a date night, that's a great thing. That's why I'm not trying to push a method. I'm just trying to convey a message of what does God want you to, number one, revive, and then number two, reform in your life. This is not a, well, wait, what was that song John David said, or how should we mop, or how, what, what massage oils do you recommend? This is not about that. This is all about what should we, as a relationship with God and as a couple, what should we revive, bring back to life, bring back what's important. And number two, what should we reform? What actions should we take to sustain this fire? Because it's, it's what it is. It's like building a fire. You can throw kerosene all you want, but you're sooner or later are going to have to put some logs in there, some, some actual things to burn and to keep it steady. And I think that's, at least in prayer, I felt that's what God was putting in my heart. If we could just go back to him and revive that passion for him and then bring him into our marriage to revive that passion for each other, but just not keep it there, but then start reforming, reforming. One reform I would recommend is is, is humbleness. Bring back humbleness into life. There's one thing, that is found in modern couples, and it's we're, we're so competitive that we even compete in what we bring to the table. And so we, we can't even stand each other being tired because I was like, why are you tired? Like, I get to work. It's like, well, why are you tired? You don't keep the kids, and why are you tired? And there's this whole thing of who, who does more. And, and might I propose the following? If we are going to compete, let's compete to who serves more. Because Jesus shows it in John 13 where he washes the feet of the disciples. And if there was anyone that didn't need to do that, it was him. Like he was the, the top guy of the universe. And he served. So whether you are the head of the household, whether you are the one that brings more money, whether you are the one that invests more time with the kids, whatever that is, be the one that serves the most. Make the reform. The Bible says... The Bible says in Philippians 2, 3, uh, to think of others above yourselves. It it says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others with what you do. But be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. The Word of God also says in 1 Peter 5, 5, to dress in humility. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all all of you, dress yourselves. All of you, dress yourselves. All of you. Dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And if I know something in my life is that I need more grace, and I have found that in order to access his grace, I need to become more humble. I need to start humbling myself and looking to serve Carolina more, looking to serve others more. And that way is how I find grace. That way is how I find what I need in our life. I'm going to finish with, with this word. It's the word renaissance. It's it's the last word. There's three words for today, revival, reform, to achieve renaissance. And Carolina my. Express it better because she knows more about art. But the, the one cool thing about uh, the Renaissance period of art was that they started using old, uh, old art and old ways of art but with new techniques. They started bringing back the old but started using new techniques. And I, I like that word Renaissance because I feel that is the expression of a timeless love and a timeless marriage. You know, the whole premise of what we're doing with this series is trying to bring back those values that were found 40, 50 years ago in family, you know, where we would sit down and talk to each other and not talk, you know, through screens. And then we would actually had face-to-face time instead of looking to our, in our Facebooks and all of these things, right? Like we've heard of it before. But, it, but this is 2021, like we can't just deny our cell phones. That's kind of hard, there's work in there and there's stuff in there. But I do believe that God has a way to bring back those old timeless values, but also utilize the new techniques of today. And that is renaissance, that you don't have to act like a 1950s couple to actually be a loving couple. Now you don't have to act like a 1960s family to actually have longevity in your marriage and in your family. But what we do need is that which is timeless, which is God. And God is incredible at bringing renaissance. And listen, I am not a guy that likes to use three words that start with the same letter and preach on it. Like that's not what I do. So I had to fight with God for the last week. I was like, God, like, give me another word, right? Can I say it in Spanish? Like something different. So it starts with a different word. But I, 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 I'm I, being obedient in this moment, bringing the message that, number one, as relationships and as marriages, as couples, even if you're dating, no, revive the passion for God. Ask God what King David asked of God. God, can you restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Restore unto me that passion that I had at the beginning where I love to pray, where I love to be in your presence. Restore that passion to read your word. I remember when I asked God that, I was at a time where if I wanted to sleep, I would start reading the Bible. I don't know if this has happened to you and maybe I'm being too honest, I don't know. I noticed in my life that if I read the Bible, I would sleep faster because I'd just be bored quicker. Like it was, it's, it was weird. So I asked God. I told God, God, restore unto me you know, the passion to read your word again. Restore unto me the, the passion to just spend time in your presence. To where I, I have the sensitivity to realize that you are with me wherever I go. Father, I ask you to restore. And as he restores, as he revives, then every relationship that stems from your relationship with God will start being affected by all the fruit that you start generating in your life. You'll start noticing that as you abide in God, you're just going to have more love. You're going to have more patience. Uh, those differences that, you know, were were so highlighted, now, now you don't see them anymore. I really don't see some of that stuff anymore. I, I I don't notice if Carolina talks too much or not, or if she's like a clean freak or not, or all these. I love her. And, and every day that I get closer to God, I learn to love her more. To the point where this Valentine's, I am more in love with Carolina than ever before. I will be mopping tonight. It, Like, this is happening, and I'm so excited. But it's because of him. It's not because of my personal effort. It's all because of him. But I'm not going to keep it at that. We just don't revive it. Now we reform. Now we make decisions. And I I want this to happen. As you get in the car, as you're driving home, finding, you know, where you want to eat or whatever, ask yourselves these questions. Well, what can we change? What can we change to be better? What can we change to be closer? What what can I do? Uh, What can you do? Just have that conversation out of love. And I believe, as God has promised in his word, that he is a restorer, that we'll come into this moment of renaissance. Where this is 2021, we do talk through our phones, we do have all these things. But we can revive a love that we thought was dead. That we can revive passion that we thought was gone. That we can revive his purpose because ultimately purpose, God, is what brings us together. I'm going to ask everyone that's here to just stand up real quick. We're about to finish. As I was meditating on this uh, yesterday morning, God just uh, put it in my heart that, that we should pray. And I'm not going to make you hug your spouse if you don't want to or if you do. But just want to pray over relationships in general. And I want to pray over two things. I want to pray, one, over people that right now find themselves surrounded by loneliness. See, this isn't this is just a message for everyone that's married. If you're not married, well, you're not in the will. Like that's not, that's not it. it. God has a plan and a purpose for you even when you're not married, right? Or even if you were married. I don't know what the story is. There's a lot of people that might find themselves even today surrounded by loneliness, And what God put it in my heart is we need to speak to that loneliness and let it know that we are not alone, that God is with us wherever we go and that his purpose is still alive in our life. And we speak back to that loneliness today. And the second thing we're going to speak back to is those problems that surround relationships. Uh, whether it's your relationship with your parents or your relationship with your spouse. Uh, I remember those days where uh, to go back home was to go back into a battlefield where you're sitting in the car and you just don't want to go back, right? Like you're just there and you're just praying like, God, if the rapture were to happen, right now would be perfect, right? That way I don't have to go back home. But uh, I know what that is. It's just stressful. But but God is a God of peace. It says that where he abides, he is the Prince of Peace. That means that wherever he is, Peace is there with him as well. So we speak against just that feeling of loneliness. We let it know today that we are not alone because God is with us wherever we go. And his purpose is still strong in our life. And number two, we speak against all that friction and all those problems in relationships. And we tell him that we're not just two anymore. There's three of us. And that third person is the prince of peace. And from now on, we declare that there will be peace in our life. How many believe it today? Father God, we just thank you for this day. We just thank you for relationships. We thank you for marriages. We thank you for the purpose that that you have written for each and every one of our lives. Father God, I ask you first for every individual that is represented in this place that might be surrounded by loneliness today, we speak back to that loneliness. And we declare we are not alone. You promised that you would never leave us or forsake us, that you would be with us wherever we go so we declare we are not alone because we have you and because we have you we have purpose and because we have you we have a plan and because we have you we have a future and that future is bright it's full of glory And we thank you for this, Father, that you may brighten up our eyes, open up our eyes so that we may see the truth, that you are with us, Father, today, that we are not alone, that our best days and our brightest days are still ahead of us, that our best days, that our best of our life can still be the rest of our life. Hallelujah. Gracias, Padre. We thank you, Father. And we thank you, Father, for marriages today. Thank you, Father, that as we draw closer to you, as we revive those things that are important, as we reform those things that we need to sustain in our marriage, as we draw closer to you, Father, that there is a newfound peace in our life, the peace that passes all understanding, that will guard our hearts, that will guard our minds in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Father, for renaissance in our life, for a new marriage, for a new life, for just a a new season in our life, filled with your presence, filled with your peace. We love you, Father, and we give you all the glory and all the honor. In the name of Jesus, I pray, and everyone who believes this says amen. Amen, amen, hallelujah. Before you go, there is anyone here That doesn't have a relationship with God. That is the first relationship. That is the most important relationship. That is the relationship where everything stems out of. If you don't have a relationship with God, it's really simple. The the Bible says cry out to him and he will respond. There's there's not a series of steps you have to take. All you have to do is cry out to him. So if you are here and if you feel you, you just need to get back to God you need to start a relationship with him whatever that is uh I I I don't say this to embarrass you but if that is you can you please raise your hand if there is anyone here that says I want to get back with God or I want to start a relationship I see those hands I feel we should clap them I feel we should clap for them because this is this is awesome because I know that this is the start of something new and something better. This truly is renaissance when you decide. So I want to guide you into this simple, quick prayer. And if you are watching this on video online, it, you can text DECISION to 313131. Uh, and, and there's people there that will, will pray with you. But before we go, let's just all make this prayer uh, to help out everyone that did raise their hands. Everyone just say with me, Father God. We cry out today, and we say, we want more of you. We want you to be real in our life. We want to start a relationship with you. Father, be real in our life. In the name of Jesus, amen.